0: You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between eight and eight thirty a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield, exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. That joins us, lead college football analyst at Fox Sports. He is presented by Audi Flatirons. Good morning, Joel. Hey, have yeah, have you have you re- have you read Dick Montfort's uh, letter? He's promising big changes, big efforts. To turn things around there at Stan, Pat, and Blake.
1: Uh, no, I haven't read it, nor <laughs> would I. Uh, guys, I mean, I had to, I had to host shows about the piggyback rotation. Are you kidding me? Like, what a joke! No, I mean, the Rockies have never tried in my lifetime. They've been the opposite of the Denver Broncos. You know, say what you will about the Broncos and whether they've been good or whether they've been bad. They've always made the moves necessary, and seemed to be in the market in order to win championships, at least in my lifetime. But you and know, you do you have to. say that about you, the Rockies. You, you, do,
0: you do, though, have to begrudgingly acknowledge the Rockies' place in your life, in your career, because if you look at it, so you were doing the radio thing here, and you were outstanding at it, but then when you went and did that TV stuff for the Rockies, once I saw you on TV, I was like, oh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's on to bigger things. But so you kind of owe the Rockies
1: for where you are yeah, now. I mean, like you do I owe acknowledge them. their role in my life, like someone would acknowledge a hemorrhoid. I mean, it's no, there. I think you have to. I think you have to, I think you
0: have to take this opportunity right now to thank them.
1: What? Yeah, I mean, you want me to hang up? Or <laughs> like is, that, is that, I, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm confused uh, come on. Uh, at this point. You know what I'm, I'm doing confused. over here. You know yeah. what I'm doing. You can um, you can see me in this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, you're 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 really good at it. You're you're a habitual potster. Um I, you know, like yeah, it was good. It was good experience, um, and I enjoyed working with those people. Those those folks at Root Sports. You know, Jeff Houston. I, I worked a lot of nights with Jeff Houston. Uh, Jenny Cavanaugh was fantastic. Drew was great. Like, I, I remember that fondly. There were a few guys. Todd Helton was amazing. We'd talk about Tennessee football. He's got a big matchup. You know, he used to ask me every single day. He's like, hey, you been talking to Fat Ful- Fulmore? And I was like, <laughs> he called him Fat Phillip. And, you know, like, those, those are the things. I remember watching Cargo take BP. Like, oh. I remember that fondly. Oh. The garbage of trying to sell the piggyback rotation and deal with the actual organization was, I, it was not a fond memory. How's that? Was that? I mean, that's as good okay. as, as you're going to get That's good. That's that's very, good. I'll, I'll very, leave very you with fair. this. I'll start calling you Michael.
0: I'll leave you with this, Joel. Cargo going up. Uh, oh, so good. So good. The sound. Guys. Oh, the it's sound. The sound. Oh, God. Yeah, you knew as soon as it hit the bat that that thing is gone. Yeah, we, we'd be at, like, spring training. Uh, um, we're not allowed anymore. Barred from the, the the really good parts of it because we were too good in our coverage. Right. But we, we'd <laughs> be like. <laughs> we'd be, we'd be like you could hear batting practice going on, and just hear crack, 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 you know, whatever. And then you wouldn't even know that cargo was up, but you it would but just. You, but, but you knew, you knew. At the same time, you knew yeah. it was yes. just different. you yes. know, you know what, you know what cra- right. is crazy about BP for me and Joel. You'll, you'll appreciate this. You watch hit after hit in BP, and guys roaming around the outfield, joking around, goofing off. Don't even look up. Because they can hear it off the bat and they know that, hey, that's a ground or that's not getting to us. And as soon as they hear one, and they're like, not, they got their backs to it. They're just goofing around. As soon as they hear one, every head snaps. They know. Yeah. It, it's, the, it's the most phenomenal thing that I've watched. I've witnessed like, how do they know? If they just know. They know when it's hit. They can hear it off the bat and they know, oh, here it comes. I got to turn around. Got to try to catch one,
1: and, and then the the main thing when you hit one of those, and and you can do it in BP, but you certainly do it in the game, is you make sure you take your chain out, you put it on top of your uniform, so everyone knows you have on.
0: <laughs> I know who you're talking about. That's yeah. great. Hey, uh gotta ask you about uh, the game that set football back oh, yeah, uh, about we, fifty years. We put this off as long uh, as we can. Uh, the Thursday night game. Oh. Uh, the. The number of reads and throws that Russell Wilson
1: missed oh, is alarming dude, to me. I, I don't it's know alarming. If I've seen a quarterback play worse. It was awful. He was awful. Just period. And let's, let's hope it was injury-related with this news about you know the, the procedure and, and so on. But, man, I mean, throwing the ball late – Throwing the ball with the wrong trajectory. So basically pitch selection, which I, I try to talk about a lot. Like, that's important for a quarterback. I can't remember who he had. Maybe it was Judy, and he had him kind of down the left sideline. He's like, he's wide open. It was like a slot fade going right to left. Mm-hmm. And and, he's, and he throws it like, like my 8-year-old does at flag football. He just, like, launches it in the air. And you can tell Jerry Judy was like, hey, hey man, like, I haven't had a ball thrown like this since I was on the scout team at Alabama. Like, what What are we doing? Like, hey, drive the football out near the boundary and and give me a shot because he had a win. He had a step. And remember, in the NFL, you take any separation that you can get. The last throw was late. And, and by the way, I just want to say, like, they had finally gotten to the point where there was some rhythm in their run game in particular. And... That that play call just bothered me with where the clock was, with what they could have done on that third down. And to put the game in his hands, I understand you paid him a lot of money, but at some point you've got to take into consideration what he had done to that point in the game. He was the weakest part of the offense on Thursday night, period, period. And, and to put the game in his hands on a on a on what I would categorize as, as a difficult type of throw, you know, that, that post to the field that's got to be driven in there right on time and on target, and he wasn't close. He wasn't close, and they end up losing the game because of it. And then you go back and, and you know, you look at what's going on in, in overtime, eyes not in the right spot, misses a wide-open Hamler, and in particular with the coverage that they were running, I would think that you would want to – go play the two-man pick route on that side, which Mm -hmm. Hamler was wide open. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't don't get it. Like, he's been really good for a long time. He's been a Super Bowl winner. And to play like that was alarming.
0: All right, so that was the question I wanted to ask you was, why is an established, proven quarterback like this struggling to to see the field, and why is he late with his decision-making, but you don't have an answer?
1: I don't. I mean, listen, I think that you can talk about the fact that I felt like, and we talked about this, they did not take the preseason serious whatsoever. September has been somewhat their, their preseason. Um, I think you can speculate that he's far too worried about off-the-field things. Um, I don't know how focused he is. I think that in this sport, the quickest way to be defeated, whether it's as an individual or as a team, is to be distracted, and, and I think at times Russell is distracted. I think he's distracted with trying to earn the fame and prestige that he sees in other quarterbacks around the league, and I think that that bothers him. Now, of course, that's just kind of from the outside looking in, but it certainly seems like this guy is much more worried about his image than he is, at least at this point, with his play on the field. I mean, guys, the post-game press conference, did he really say Broncos country less what's ride"? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, what? Did you really say that? Do you want me to laugh right in your face? Or do you want me to just get angry? Yeah. Because I'm in both mode. Hey, uh, but uh, Joel, but,
0: but I, now, hold on, to, to okay. the two of you, though. But he was doing that kind of corny, self-obsessed self, self uh, obsessed, uh, stuff uh, when he was in Seattle and he was still throwing 40 touchdowns 2 years ago. Well yeah, if you could compartmentalize if, all that okay, stuff in Seattle, why can't he compartmentalize if, it here? If you're doing it and, and you're playing, well, we'll forgive you on that. I'm with you, Joel. I have I have recently offered up my services and I want to see what you think about this as the director of honesty for Russell's Ooh. team, you're getting to Russell's team. And then before you send a tweet, before you say anything in a press conference, like, like he just before he walks out there I go, "Hey, uh, you know suck this one up take full responsibility for how bad you sucked and there's no let's ride after the press conference okay on to on to ready break and, you know and send him out there
1: like I, I can do that job oh you know can i can i offer just a one a lob of of like a critique of that really quickly yeah please rather than rather than director of honesty i think for russell it actually needs to be called the director of authenticity okay there you go I like that. Well, I like same that. thing. Okay. okay same yeah. thing, but like, can I get an authentic like? I, I mean, Broncos country. Let's ride. After that, like, what? I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Are you a mannequin? Like, are you a robot? Are you being programmed by the metaverse? Whatever the hell that is, because certainly doesn't feel like you're human.
0: Well, in fairness, he he did kind of. It sounded like a sad. Muted, you know, as he was walking away, it was kind of a let's ride. It wasn't like let's ride, you know. It was kind of like hey, let's ride, you know, you know that type of thing. So it wasn't. uh it Are was, you defending it? Uh, no, yeah. I'm not Is defending it, right. it. No, no. Okay. And then in two days, and then maybe you're just trying no, to be contrite. No, no, he no. Said it. I'm not. I don't care how secret right. he said it. Yeah. like he said it. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. Like, and, and then two days, and then two days later, he's posting a picture about hey threes, get your new lids and. Sportwear and everything like that, you know, available coming out soon. It's like, dude, read the room, man. Come on, yeah, now. read
1: the room. And hey, hey, by the way, just like go win, go win a game, yeah, go, go like play well. And you know, like your fans are not called hey threes. Like I, I mean, it's just like. Again, you know what he needs, Mark? Director of director Authenticity. Of authenticity. <laughs> you can stick right. with honesty right. or, or authenticity, whatever you want. I, no, I you like
0: know? it because the Let's Ride after that game, you're getting into a jalopy where everybody who's riding with you has to push-start you first. Like, okay, everybody get in the back. That's right. Push me down through the That's parking right. lot, and I'm going to, you know what, and I'm going to pop the clutch, okay? Did you just say jalopy? Uh, wow.
1: Popping the clutch? I'd yeah. say if popping the clutch was cool, then I'm, I'm Bobby Brown. Listen to this. <laughs> I had an 85 Toyota pickup and there's nothing against Toyota. I mean, I loved it. Well, that was my first car. Yeah. And it didn't start. It didn't start. And it was, it was a manual. So I would park on a hill everywhere I went, turn yep. the the tires yeah. into the curb. And yeah. then like you get it going. And my buddies knew, like, if I'm driving, and everyone's pushing to start. Yep. Like that's just what it is. So at this point, maybe the Broncos are just like, all right, listen, we're popping the cut clutch today, boys. <laughs> like, let's rock. Let's yeah. ride. <laughs> let's <laughs> ride now. No, no. Pop
0: the clutch! <laughs> uh, uh, Joel Clatt, join us. Courtesy uh, of uh, Audi Flatirons. So you don't know what's what's. Is this a case of a guy who is trying too hard to force the morphing of his of his game, and and he is it's his problem it's his fault that he is moving away and has moved away from the things that made him so successful in Seattle because he just doesn't feel that that's a sustainable long-term way to play quarterback and even if the results are, are bad he's trying to just make the transformation now because it'll pay off better in the long run and we just have to we just have to I, live through I, and we just have to live through these I, growing pains
1: by the way i i see this all the time late in a college quarterback's career. And, and all of a sudden you're like, what, what's happening? And they're like, Oh, some jabroni has told him that he has to play a different way in order to increase his draft stock. So don't play the way, the way that got you here, you know, to a point where you are a prospect and a really good college player. Now you're going to change, become a different player. And yeah, I'm sure you're going to increase your level of play. It's a total lie. It's a total lie, and I do think that there's some of that in there. I think he looks at Brady and Breeze and Rodgers and how long that they're playing, um, and and that affects him, and he knows that he can't play his style of football for as long as those guys have played their style of football. I think he looks at the numbers that are being put up and the MVPs that are being won, and he wants a piece of that, and he thinks to himself, I can't do that by being on a run-oriented, run-action-oriented team, because remember – if you're a guy that needs to be um, mobile, if you will, and that doesn't mean running for yards, but mobile meaning, you know, move the pocket, get out of the pocket, create on your own, keep your eyes downfield, uh, get in the run action game, well, then your style of football as a team has to be bent towards running the ball, playing with two tight ends, getting that width in the offensive set so that you can get those boots and nakeds and play actions that end up affording you uh, the ability to move the ball down the field. I don't think he wants that. I think he wants to be Aaron Rodgers so bad. He wants to be Tom Brady so bad. He wants to be Drew Brees so bad. And yet at the same time, there's a part of him that wants to be Justin Bieber, you know? And it's like, I, I just, I don't get it, man. Like the, the, the one guy that he needs to be is Russell Wilson. And it seems like, to me, Russell Wilson would be a much better option than whatever it is he's trying to present right now. Mm. So,
0: to be clear, are we now at a point where we all agree this is a Russell Wilson problem, not a Nathaniel Hackett problem?
1: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think we've got a pick. (laughs) I think both of those guys deserve their fair share of, uh, you know. Blame. All right. I don't know about you. Then what's Hackett's problem? have to pick? I mean, what is this? This is not like, hey, there's two cookies left, and I've got to choose between double chocolate and chocolate chip, Mike. I can eat both cookies. Lord knows you have throughout your life, right? So I think we can have both of these guys deserve a little of the blame.
0: But who carries more of the blame
1: for what we're I seeing? I don't know. Which cookie is better? You tell me.
0: See, I, I, after looking at some of the film that Mark showed me and the, the missed throws, uh, to me, this is the play. De- there's nothing wrong with the play designs. Mark showed me three plays that should have resulted in 14 to 21 points, 14, 17, yeah. or 21 points no, that were all drawn up, all drawn up correctly, good design. Russ just missed it
1: or didn't see it. I, I agree. I agree. And and, and listen, there you can absolutely, I am not one to absolve the player. However, however, it is the coach's responsibility to coach those players to make, the, to make the plays that are there. I'm a huge believer, huge. My dad used to say this all the time. I can hear him saying it in the back of my mind. We used to watch that reel to real films. So ever since I was like four or five years old in the kitchen table, and it would be, you know, like, and it was just back and forth. And I can remember him saying forever and ever, and the best coaches I've ever been around have said this up until this point, which is as a coach, you have to have the approach that what you're seeing on film, you're either coaching or allowing. Okay. So, so think about that. So if the play, you can't throw up your hands and be like, well, they were there. Well, they weren't being made. So you're either coaching that or allowing it. So what do you have to do? you've got to go in there and emphasize the timing of the sense system. You've got to sit with him and, and hammer him over the head with where are your eyes on this coverage? What are you looking at? Why is this not working? Because it seems to be there on film. So what is not clicking either in your head or in your ability to execute it? Can we please talk about that as a coach, you've got to turn over every single stone and that's why you cannot blame one over the other. They are both in tandem, failing, Right now, as an offense,
0: all I can tell you is director of authenticity.
1: We need that. There. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with it. Maybe the Broncos need it too. Yeah. I think Nathaniel Hackett's in way over his head, personally. I think he's probably a good coach in 10 years. I 10 think this years. is one of those that you look back. Yeah, Mike, I mean, it's, it's not going to be here. Uh, Mike, confetti test, please. Do you need to do it again? Close All your right. eyes. No, you're right. You're, Close right. Your you're eyes. right. You're right. You're right. Look at Nathaniel. Picture Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Picture him talking. Did so Do you picture it? Yeah. Because I don't. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Penn State of Michigan this weekend? Yeah, buddy. It's going to be a good one. That I think that cool. one's, I think it's going to be a fantastic. And apparently they're going to maze out. Maze. So it's just going to yeah. be a sea of yellow. That'll be interesting. That'll be cool. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh still yeah. weird this year? You know, Jim Jim and I have found a, a neat little pocket. Have you? Where, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's it's fun. I mean, Lord knows I've done enough of their games. I've done four of them. He actually asked me the other day, he was like, What do you think? And I was like, Wow, well, you know, like, do you want, like, director of authenticity here, or do you want me to tell you what you think, you know, like, what well, you want to hear? Your, and yeah. your he was like, Oh, yeah, you know, honestly, honestly. And I was like, Well, you yeah, know, you got a few tendencies, and you got to break on offense. Get I out! Oh, really? Which one? Get out! Really? Yeah, of course. Mike, Mike, how long have you known me? I know. It's a good. Point. I don't give two. You know what's about? Like I'll tell. I'll say anything to anybody. And yeah, I mean, like, hey, like motion before pass play. I mean, that would help you, but no, number one, you know, you motion certainly motion before run plays. You got motion before pass play. I love it. I love
0: it. I love it. All right, Joel, you're the best man. Thank you. Oh,
1: now I'm hungry. Later. <laughs>
0: All clap presented by Audi Flatirons. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.